Isn't he good? This is not small. This is not insignificant to him. Uh, building in the middle of the woods uh, is not insignificant to him. A small amount of people, kids playing in the back. Um, this is the way that every one of our works has always started. And it's grown from there. And God is faithful to do it. He says in his word that unless Jesus builds the church, then the laborers labor in vain. We could get out and we could beat the streets and we could knock doors and we can invite a bunch of people to church, but Jesus didn't do that. He walked around in power, displayed miracle signs and wonders, and they followed him mostly without an invitation. And that's the way that we're going to live. That's what we're going to do. We haven't knocked any doors, no advertising. Uh, we believe that Jesus will build the church if we will live his word. And so that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to be in four different places today in, in the Bible, in, in your sword, in your word of God, whatever it is you call it. Um, and as I was uh, in prayer this morning and was spending time with the Lord trying to, to come up with, Lord, what do you want me to say? What is, what is it that you want me to talk about uh, today? And, and there was many different areas and ways that I could have went, things I could have talked about. You know, when you talk to someone, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about this morning. They always got this little thing, we'll just talk about Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty simple. But it, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be spirit-led because we could talk about Jesus all day long and not be spirit-led and it'll mean nothing. It, we got to be led by the Spirit on what to say, where to go. And <clears throat> I was listening to my Bible for hours this morning and one thing just kept standing out to me uh, was the compassion of Jesus. All throughout Scripture, we have so many references of He was moved with compassion. He moved on them with compassion. He saw the woman who had just lost her son and was being led down the road and she was weeping and He was moved with compassion. And compassion is what led him to her. And compassion is what raised that little boy from the dead and restored him back to his mama. J. Iris' daughter was sick and he was going through a multitude trying to get to her. It was compassion that was leading him. It was compassion that was guiding him. He had so many needs around him, but he had compassion for J. Iris. He knew that little girl was dead and he knew he needed to do or was, was dying and he knew that he needed to do something for this man because of compassion. It was compassion that made him kick everyone out of the room because of how much doubt was surrounding him. The doubt couldn't stop him, but the compassion wouldn't allow the doubt. We find another area of where he's moved by compassion in Matthew 20, 32 through 34. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read a lot of Scripture. I think that we have a, too many services where too many men of God spend more time giving you their opinion than what the Word of God actually says to be true instead of just talking about the Scriptures, reading through the Scriptures, dissecting the Scriptures. They give you one little piece of Scripture and then they spend an hour telling you their opinion about that. And maybe it's right and maybe it's wrong. We won't know until eternity comes. But I would rather be for sure that I'm going to be right. Instead of trying to preach something new, I'd rather preach something true to you. 
So Matthew 20, 32 through 34, if you've got your Bible, I'm going to read it for you. We're not going to put it up on the screen because we don't have one yet. It says, so Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? There's an important piece in here that we always have to pay attention to is I, I raise up sons and daughters all across the United States and in other countries. One thing that I teach them right in the beginning is when Jesus stands still, when he sits down, or when he is silent, you should pay attention because something amazing is about to happen. And here it says, he stood still and called them. To be called by Jesus is already a miracle. For him to talk to you is already a miracle. But what he's about to do because he's standing still, because compassion has led him to stop doing what he has been doing and do something that the Father is telling him to do. See, the Father moves in compassion and he speaks through compassion and he works in power by compassion. And it says, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open." They couldn't see him. They couldn't be led by sight. They had to be led by faith. They had to believe that what was in front of them was the Messiah, the living Christ, the one and only that could give them what they've been waiting for their entire life. Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion. Everybody say compassion. And touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. He did not invite them to follow him. Because of how awesome he was, because of him doing the kingdom work, they couldn't help but follow him. Churches would be a lot better off if they would do kingdom work and then people would follow them to Jesus instead of convincing them that their church was the church they needed to be. We have the best children's program. We have the best worship. As you've seen this morning, we're just putting it together. We let kids come up when the Spirit of God leads. Give them the microphone. It don't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't have to sound pretty. I'm going to tell you, I've been all over the world preaching the gospel. And I've been in services where the worship was horrendous to the ears, but the Spirit of God felt like you wouldn't believe. And that's all that matters. It didn't matter that my ears didn't like it. It mattered that he liked it. It mattered that he understood the heart posture behind the person doing what they were doing, just like he did with my daughter Maisie this morning. She just couldn't bear it. It was too silent. Something needed to happen. She had to worship God, so she just began to worship God. And I'm going to tell you, he was pleased with it. That's why I allowed it. I just said, keep going. Give her the microphone. Let's make it louder. Let's turn over to Mark 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring, exhorting, being loud, letting him know, I need something from you. How many of us come to church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or we go to a, a, a revival service throughout the week and we just sit in the back and we're all quiet and we're saying, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll come and get me. If he wants to do something, he'll tell me to come up. Oh, I'll get the butterflies. I'll get the tingles. He'll move my feet. No, no, no. We've got to implore Him to do something. We've got to approach Him with, at the throne of grace. We've got to approach with boldness and know that we can receive. 
came to him. He came to him. Jesus didn't go to him. He came to Jesus. He said, I've got to get to this man. He said, it don't matter the laws. It don't matter that I'm supposed to be so many paces away and I'm not allowed to be in the city and I can't talk to anybody and I've got to wear this garment that let everyone know I'm a leper. Don't touch me. And I've got to walk around saying unclean, unclean, unclean. He said, no, I'm going to implore to Jesus so that I can get rid of all of this. Kneeling down to him. He said, not only can I talk to him, but I'm going to kneel down at his feet and begin to worship him for what I've already just received before he even gives it. It's already mine, the word of God says so. He said to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He didn't say, if you are willing, could you make me clean? He didn't say, if you're willing, I think that you might be able to make me clean. He said, if you are willing, you can. You can make me clean. You are the God of can. You can do it, and I know you can. My question is, are you willing? We know that he is. Then Jesus moved with compassion. Say compassion. Stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing to be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately, there's that word again, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Matthew 14, 14. Back and forth. We'll get your Bible workout this morning. Not in this room, but some people on the podcast, this is the best workout your Bible's gotten. We need to move our Bible. We need to move our word. We need to work through it daily. We need to wear it out. Matthew 14, 14, it says, And then Jesus went out. He saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion. Say compassion. For them, and healed their sick. When it was evening... His disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away and they may go into the village to buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. He was saying, boys, I've been pouring into you. You've seen me be moved by compassion. You just watched me heal their sick. Now let's see if you can be moved by compassion and feed them. Oh, but Jesus, we don't, we, don't, we don't have this and we don't have that and it would take this amount of money and we'd have to go to the town and we come up with all these reasons. Jesus tells us everything we need to do. He shows us what He's done so that we can then do what He has done. That's what He said. He said, do what I do. Follow me, be like me, and do greater things. Be moved by compassion and do something. Do something. And all he gets from us is excuses most of the time. But God, we can't. But God this. But God, I gotta, I'm sleepy this morning. But God, I'm not a healer. But God, I'm not an evangelist. But God, I'm not a pastor. But God, I'm not a teacher. But God, I'm not a pastor. But God, I'm a woman. But God, I'm a man. We've got all these buts when he's the God of can. We need to get rid of buts and step into can. He said, you feed them, boys. They couldn't do it. 
Then Jesus moved in compassion again to bring it to me. He lifted up to the Father and blessed it and it multiplied. He said, here, give it all out. We will not run out. And he fed them all. He fed them all. Matthew 9, this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time, however much that is. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. It says, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Not a kingdom, the kingdom. Not a gospel, but the gospel. The only one. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But, so he's already being moved by compassion to heal the sick. He's already being moved by compassion to give the gospel to a lost and dying world. He's already showing them the kingdom at work. But that's not enough for the Father. Because it says, But when he saw the multitudes, a large amount of people in need of something, pulling on the anointing and the gift from heaven that was in front of them, he said he was moved with compassion for them. Say compassion. Because they, why? Because they were weary and scattered. There was no discipline. There was no structure. There was no leading. Like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I can't but help hear an echo when I read that of, the, of Jesus saying, pray the Lord of the harvest would send, send forward laborers that would be moved with compassion for the multitude before them. We want to say, well, no, they've got a church. Well, they did too. There was a modern church of the day and it was leading them astray and they were scattered. There was no bringing together. There was no unity. There was no miracles. There was no power. And we find ourselves in a similar situation in today's church, I believe, not in every single church, but in most of them. I believe you could spend all year long and go to maybe even your church or a different church every Sunday and you may never see anyone get healed. Because there's no power, because pastors and leaders are no longer moved by compassion, but instead they're moved by dollars and numbers and curriculums and how to grow a thing instead of how to grow his kingdom. They're more focused on building their own kingdom instead of building his kingdom. I think that we have to be focused on being moved by compassion. I think that we need to spend the next 10 years of our life trying to figure out what does it mean to be moved by compassion. How can we better be moved by compassion so that we can walk in power to give Him glory? Because if we're not moved by compassion, how could we give Him glory when He was only led in compassion? I'm fired up. I'll be fired up for you. It's okay. I'll take yours and mine. 
I do want to say this, Matthew 1.24, you don't have to turn there, but this is, this is what led me on this road of compassion. As I began, I, lit, I started in the, the book of Matthew and listened to the whole thing this morning. But this, this one phrase stood out to me. It's, it's when the angel comes and speaks to Joseph, and it says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. As I heard that, I had to get my Bible out, and I had to read it. And I had to read it again and again and again and again and again. And this one phrase brought forth her firstborn. Brought forth her firstborn. Brought forth her firstborn. Brought forth her firstborn. The Bible tells us he's the firstborn among many brethren. If you know anything about history and the breakdown of families in the Bible and the way things work, if he's the firstborn, he gets the inheritance. Everything that belonged to Mary and Joseph was his, and everything that belonged to the Father is his. And everything that belongs to you is his. We don't get an inheritance. He gets an inheritance, and then he says, everything that is mine I give to you. It's not an inheritance, it's a gift that he's given. But my question this morning, as I begin to read this and I begin to think about the compassion of Jesus, is what are you storing up to give Him as an inheritance that He can then give back to you for eternal glory? What work has your hands produced for the kingdom? How many souls have you led to Jesus? How many people are you discipling on a daily basis? How many people are calling your phone when someone gets sick, when someone dies, and say, brother, I need you to pray. Sister, I need you to pray. We can bring them back from the dead. I know that if you pray, they'll get healed. And you get moved by compassion. What are you sowing into your local body? Is it 10%? Are you going with the bare minimum? Are you rising above it and saying that's just the bare minimum? We can give more to the kingdom. We can bless more into the kingdom. No, I'm not trying to get you to give more. We already did it. I don't need you to do that. I need you to do it in the future. I need you to continue to sow and step beyond the 10%, beyond the 15%, beyond the 20%. What if I told you he's looking for a 100% giver? I'm not talking about finance anymore. He wants everything from you every second of every day because He's the only reason that you have breath in your lungs to be able to breathe and live another day. He's the first among many brethren, so He deserves a great inheritance. And He's already got the kingdom of heaven, but He wants the kingdom of your heart. He wants the kingdom of your life. He wants to be your Lord and Savior, not just your Savior. We, if He's just your Savior, you'll stay in blessed. Well, brother, I'm just blessed. You call up someone, how you doing? Oh, I'm just blessed. If I was any more blessed, I'd be in heaven. Well, He don't need you in heaven because if He did, He'd take you there. He needs you here and He don't need you just blessed. He needs you in power because you've made Him Lord of your life. 
And when you make Him Lord of your life, you live like He lived, and you only do and say what you hear and see the Father do, and people around you will begin to get healed, saved, delivered, and set free. You'll have so many people, you have to come to me and say, Brother, we can't come to your services anymore because I've got too many people, and I'm having to start a house church. And I'm going to say, Bless you, how can we help you? Because I'm not trying to build my kingdom. I'm trying to build His. And when you start to live Him as the Lord of your life, people will be drawn to you and they won't be able to explain why and you'll have to start something in your house and then you'll outgrow your house and you'll have to get a building then you outgrow your building and the next thing you know, you have two or three campuses and if you keep your heart right, power will flow out of it. I'm going to pray. I'm done. I don't know how long it took. It don't matter to me. The message got across. What do you want me to say? I'm going to pray us out. If you need prayer right after I pray, you're welcome. Come up. I will lay hands on you, and you will get healed. You will. It's that simple. Not because I'm great, but because he is, and I'm going to let him do it. I'm going to let him do it through me because he don't need me to do it, but he sent me here to do it. So I might as well do what he sent me to do, huh? So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. I've done all that I know that I can do. Lord, just move us in compassion. Help us to move in power for your glory. And may we birth forth a church that never allows a sick person to leave unhealed. That we never allow a person to come into the church unsaved and not be saved when they leave. Stepping into discipleship and holiness and righteousness. And Lord, if pastors are on the pulpit and they're not being led by compassion and unction, remove them from the pulpit. Put someone in the place that will and give them time to fall back in first love and then raise them back up to the position of which you call them. We don't need elegant speakers. We don't need beautiful worship. We need compassion that moves the heart of the Father. Come, mercy. Have your way. Jesus, we need you. And Holy Spirit, I pray you come through and you blast everybody, but blast me first. Make me a mess in front of everybody. Destroy dignity and pride off of people's lives this morning. They're never too young and they're never too old to step into a new level of glory and a new level of love for you. We're not done. We still got breath in our lungs. It's time to love you more. Help us to do it, Holy One. In Jesus' name, amen.